Let me start by saying that survival horror, in my opinion, is one of the best genres of video games. Now, similar to horror movies, the budget can be low and the team doesn't need to be large to succeed. You just need a fresh idea to make it work. However, the unfortunate news is that truly good horror games don't come along too often. In my opinion, there have only been maybe a handful of games that were truly terrifying from start to finish that didn't come off the rails by the end. This usually happens in the horror genre, whether in film or gaming. It's very hard to pinpoint just what makes a great survival horror game. Instead, it feels more like a special sauce that you can't quite put your finger on. However, there are certain elements that do feel crucial, such as walking tight, almost claustrophobic areas where terror is constantly waiting. I think also making the player feel like they are scraping to survive with limited resources, just hoping that the next room might have the one thing needed to keep going. In the best survival horror games, you aren't a member of some elite special force task unit. You are just some everyman trying to survive a bad situation. You are essentially a fish out of water. Finally, I think one major component is that the game needs to have a fear of the unknown. I think what we don't fully understand as humans is the most terrifying thing of all. Now, if you combine all of these elements with a great setting and a fresh idea, then you have a recipe for a truly great survival horror game. On this week's episode of the Video Games Podcast, we take a look at one of the best survival horror games and see if there is a potential for a return this generation. Resident Evil is easily one of the best survival horror games of all time. There is no question that it laid the foundation for the genre and set the blueprint for any game that followed. There have been many other cult classics including Silent Hill, a game that took all of the elements of the Resident Evil series and gave it a psychological twist. It took things that shouldn't be scary like fog and static on a radio and turned them upside down. As soon as you heard the static on the radio, you instantly felt uneasy. I remember having to turn off the PlayStation and turn on all of the lights until my parents came home when I first played Resident Evil 2. I never thought that I would experience this as an adult, but PT basically recreated this, what I felt like when I was a child playing Resident Evil 2. I quit the game, took off the headphones, turned on the lights, and needed a break to process what was happening. PT was terrifying to a grown adult, and using the blueprint perfected by creating a claustrophobic environment with an average protagonist and fear of the unknown. Survival horror games share a lot of the same DNA. Imagination is usually worse than what is actually real in most cases. In Resident Evil, it was the creaking of the environment or the noise of something rustling around in the next room. In Silent Hill, it was a threat of what could be in the fog and the static that created fear by using basic things. In PT, the fear of what was behind the next door was terrifying. PT kept you in this loop of going through the same house over and over again with each version being worse than the one previous. This brings us to the game at hand. Dead Space took inspiration from Resident Evil and borrowed many parts of the formula and set it in space. 
Dead Space was a breath of fresh air when it was released back in 2008 from EA of all companies. At a time when games are trying to go open world, Dead Space put you aboard the dark and claustrophobic corridors of the Ishimura. Normal protagonist? Check. Fish out of water? Check. Fear of the unknown? Check. Claustrophobic environments? Check. Dead Space ticked all the boxes it needed to as a student of the genre. Dead Space didn't just follow the formula perfectly, it also made plenty of smart changes that at the time were new to the genre. It removed the clutter of the heads-up display, displaying health on the back of the suit and ammo as a holographic projection when using your weapon. These small changes really added to the immersion of Dead Space. Of course, Dead Space also introduced the dismemberment system which always kept you out of your comfort zone when confronting enemies. All of these revelatory changes, in addition to using what already worked in the survival horror genre, resulted in one of the best in the genre to this date. It also came from EA, which means that it also had a high budget that made lighting and sound design their own elements that created fear. There has never been a better time for Dead Space to go back and start fresh, getting back to the roots of what made this game special in the first place. Dead Space and Resident Evil have both walked a similar path at the start of their franchises. The farther Resident Evil moved away from survival horror and became more action-focused, it became boring and uninspired. Gamers are still looking for grounded experiences, but Resident Evil 5 and 6 took the series away from everything that made it special in the beginning. This caused an inflection point for the makers of Resident Evil to go back to the drawing board and see what made the series popular at first. This started with a basic HD remaster of the original Resident Evil. Capcom obviously saw the popularity of the more grounded remaster of the first entry in the series, and no doubt this paved the way for the series to hit the reset button with Resident Evil 7 and get back to the roots of the series. Resident Evil 7 started in a small confined plantation house with an average protagonist out of his elements dealing with an unknown horror. These are all parallels to the formula of the original Resident Evil. Resident Evil 7 did critically and commercially well as it has sold around 6 million to date and has an average review score of around 86. Rebooting the series and going back to the roots probably wasn't an easy decision as it forced Capcom into making a bold new engine for the series, but this has paid great dividends as the company decided to make Resident Evil 2 Remake from the ground up using the RE engine, which they have also used for great benefits on other franchises. Resident Evil 2 Remake was a smashing commercial and critical success. The remake sold over 3 million copies in its first week alone and currently has an average review score of around 91. Capcom has since remade Resident Evil 3 using the same engine and in 2021 will release Resident Evil 8 which looks to build on the success of Resident Evil 7. The whole tangent of Resident Evil shows the near exact path that EA's Dead Space has taken. Dead Space was a very intimate, scary, and strong on survival game. The second game expanded on that system with a little more action and larger set pieces, but still remained a tight, focused horror game. Then unfortunately, very similar to Resident Evil, the series lost its direction with Dead Space 3 and became a co-op shooter just like Resident Evil 5 and 6. Resident Evil 5 was an enjoyable co-op game, but it barely shared any of the same DNA that made it a survival horror game at all. Dead Space 3 was not what the fans wanted at all. It wasn't even as competent as some of the other third-person shooters out there at the time, such as Gears of War. And as much as people love a good co-op game, playing with a friend removes a lot of the fear. 
Dead Space 3 did not do well critically or commercially as the previous entries in the series, and as a result, we haven't seen an entry since. If EA would like to revitalize Dead Space, then the key would be to follow in the exact footsteps of Resident Evil. Similar to the Resident Evil 2 remake, you keep Dead Space great and infuse that into a new modern engine. Dead Space being an EA property is perfect because I can't think of a better idea than to use the Frostbite engine for this, and we all know how much EA loves their Frostbite engine. In the right hands, it sounds like Frostbite is one of the best things EA has going for it at the moment, and it would be much cheaper than creating a new engine for the series. Imagine the endless possibilities of thinking that you are safe, and then a necromorph breaks in right through the wall or floor at any moment as opposed to just using vents and doors. Once you have done a full remake of Dead Space, then you reboot the series just like Resident Evil 7 and just like Resident Evil 7, they should leave the original character Isaac Clarke and everyone else in the original but somehow link it to the original entry. I would love to know more about that universe and some of the people that were affected by the events that took place. Obviously one major hurdle in the way of will there be a Dead Space trilogy or will there be a Dead Space remaster is whether or not EA thinks it makes sense. A long time ago, back in 2015, EA was pretty set against remakes and remasters when at the time, COO Peter Moore spoke with IGN and said it feels like pushing stuff out because you have run out of ideas. We're a company that likes to push forward. For a lot of companies, remakes are a great way to drive revenue. It's a sub-cost. It's an IP that's there. You can remaster and that's great. We don't do that here and I don't think that's ever been in our culture. There is a lot to unpack from that quote. First, clearly a lot has changed not only at EA but also in the industry. Peter Moore is no longer at EA as he has moved into the world of soccer and has done quite well for himself since. EA have also changed their opinion of doing remakes and remasters as we have seen them dip their toes into the pool of both since 2015. Most recently, we have seen Burnout Paradise, Command and Conquer, and the upcoming Need for Speed Hot Pursuit as well as a strong rumor. This is also a company that doesn't consider the slightest of changes to their annual sports titles in the same category as a remake or a remaster. The other major hurdle is that Visceral doesn't exist anymore. The studio was closed in 2017 after a series of commercial and or critical failures. Dante's Inferno, Dead Space 3, Battlefield Hardline, and Army of Two The Devil's Cartel likely didn't set any sales records. Most of these games have devout followings, but in 2017 it made more sense to EA to absorb the studio into the other core EA studios than to keep it operating on its own. Now, Based on the information I found, Visceral was around 80 employees at the time of its closure, and I'm sure there are still plenty of those people still working for EA. EA is a publicly traded company, which means that at the end of the day, they are interested in the bottom line. And it wasn't too long ago that many experts and gamers said that single-player gaming was dying and everything was going multiplayer. Single-player games wouldn't sell, and all games needed to be persistently online to be successful and profitable. In defiance of that, over the past couple of years, we have seen some of the best games, both critically and commercially, be either single-player only or single-player focused. Games like God of War, which sold 3.1 million copies in its first week. Spider-Man sold over 3.3 million copies in its first week. Horizon Zero Dawn sold over 7.6 million copies in its first year. Breath of the Wild has sold over 18 million copies since its release. And Red Dead Redemption 2 sold 17 million in its first two weeks. 
These sales figures prove that single-player gaming is far from dead and is still a very lucrative opportunity for developers and publishers. When it comes to remakes and remasters, the industry overall has changed a lot since 2015 with a lot of companies revitalizing their old IP for a new generation with high production values. The biggest ones that come to the top of my head are Resident Evil 2 Remake, Shadow of the Colossus, Tony Hawk 1 Plus 2, Crash Bandicoot, Final Fantasy 7, and every Wii U first party title. One of the brightest glimmers of hope for a potential for a Dead Space remake or remaster is the large amount of speculation regarding the Mass Effect trilogy. If EA was set against remakes and remasters at the start of this generation, their tone has drastically changed and they have now come full circle. Will Dead Space be remastered? Considering that a Mass Effect trilogy sounds very much like a reality, it leaves a good possibility that something with Dead Space will happen after. Moving into a new generation with increased processing power, the timing for a Dead Space reboot or remaster is near perfect. Seeing the new PlayStation Unreal Engine demo means a lot for the survival horror genre as this generation is not about the massive jump in graphical power, but instead it looks to be about the heightening of everything else around it. Lighting, audio, and load times are all ways to immerse the player deeper into the game. These are all essential and crucial elements of survival horror. Remakes and remasters aren't going away anytime soon, and after opening up the airlock, I will be holding my breath for Dead Space this generation. That's all for the Video Games Podcast this week. I hope you love Dead Space as much as I do, and are hopeful for it to make a triumphant return this generation. As usual, thank you for listening. Please consider subscribing, leaving a positive review, or telling a friend. And as always, remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, and more importantly, be nice to your fellow human. Be nice to your fellow human.